0: On the Lollygaggers podcast, we like to tackle hard questions and answer them using insultingly poor accents. New Zealand, you're up. In this episode, Jeff talks RPG news with The Expanse, Dwarven Forge, and Eberron and Ravnica's D&D settings, while Justin gets weird with Umbrella Academy. Both Lollygaggers then offer first impressions on Hulu's Castle Rock, before ending with The Gentleman's Challenge. Welcome to episode number 19 of the Lolly Gaggers podcast show about all sorts of different things games comics movies tv etc i am on your host jeff
1: i'm the other one justin what's up man how's your how's your week been going
0: oh super super just great thanks for asking yeah that's good that's wonderful my wife is watching a justin timberlake movie right now uh in in time have you oh that's
1: that's a weird one that's one where it's like your life expectancy is like currency or whatever Right. I thought right. they should have just named it "Just in Time." Personally, I mean, I think that would work perfectly for him. But sure,
0: no, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I was just uh, sat down, had a little lunch, watched a few minutes of it, and uh, yeah, it's. I it's, uh, said seen it no, thank you. Um... I've seen it before, but uh, I think the trauma of having watched it. I think the general idea of it, like the premise, is kind of interesting. Sort of. Using it was the, one
1: of like, his first uh, acting gigs too, so I think he was still kind of green at that point. Also, one of
0: his last, I think, right? Like, does he does he act in stuff now? I know he's in that uh, that that Raspberry Blues Blueberry commercial now, right? I, th-
1: he... I think that's where he. I think that's the tippity top of his career it's the peak. That's what he's looking for. It's the
0: peak. It's like David Beckham and Burger King commercials, right? It's it's,
1: little... it's uh, it's like the what was it the Mouseketeers, then mm-hmm. NSYNC, sure. then solo album, then right. Raspberry. Uh, alcoholic yeah. beverages. I can't
0: remember. I can't remember what the commercial is <clears throat> for. I just remember he likes to put blueberries and raspberries. Because
1: oh yeah, it's yeah. It's like a thing where it's like he puts it like in it. That's a really weird yeah. commercial. Do you call strange. it
0: bluesberries? Is that what he calls it? I don't blues know. That's berries? weird. It's a weird commercial. I Can't remember. It's kind of funny. I like it, but I don't really remember at all what the product is. So guess it didn't really work on me. I'm not really sure. So yeah, uh, I do like Justin Timberlake for some reason. I, I, I think it's great.
1: I listen. His, I his.
0: He's got a high his, charisma score.
1: His first solo album was like one of my college, like, you know, go tos all the time. I didn't
0: say I liked his music. I, I like his like music, music, man.
1: I think everything he does is great. I
0: like, like the man. He just seems like a very talented individual uh, with a with a very, very charming smile. Yeah, that's, that's what I gotta say. Yeah, yeah. Opposite. That's all I got. Right. All right. Uh, so what do you got going this week? What do you, what have you been doing?
1: Uh, it's not a lot. This weekend, uh, I had a little trip to a Miami camp with one of my. Uh, Football players. It was cool because, like, I've never been to the campus. and I went to Miami one time with friends for extracurriculars. Um, but I never like really went on. the city
0: of Miami? or Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, okay, we went to, like, South Beach and like, stuff. Yeah. Because yeah.
1: yeah. <clears throat> it's Coral Gables. It's very different. A little yeah. bit more, I guess, affluent. We're talking, like,
0: South Florida stuff right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think we have any any listeners from
1: <laughs> uh, But... We went there, and there was uh, a bunch of NFL players that were there. Which, you know, part of my childhood was uh, some of those guys like uh, Warren Sapp. I really idolized him when I was like 12 years old. I didn't realize that he was somewhat of um, uh, a troubled individual, but at 12 years old, I thought he was great. I thought he was fantastic. And uh, Clinton Portis was there, and Michael Irving. Uh, The guy who I thought was Dabo Swinney was not Dabo Swinney. Uh, yeah,
0: Justin sends me a text saying uh, I see Dabo Sweeney, who is uh, the uh, the football coach of uh, of Clemson uh, University. And uh, I don't know why. But well, like I, I was looking at him. The, the whole time I'm like – Justin Timberlake to me, I just don't like him. I just look at him and be like, I just don't like you. Well, I'm looking no, at him I'm like, this, this
1: has got to be him. I was even talking to my student that's already there. He graduated in the winter and he's a running back for him. Uh, hopefully he'll be playing this year. But I'm like, I think that's Dabo Sweeney. He's like – he goes, either it's Dabo Sweeney or it's his, uh, his twin brother. It's really okay. weird. Yeah. It's yeah. really strange. But then I looked up, like, yeah. he was walking around with kids, and I looked up Dabo Sweeney's kids. Probably going to get put on some type of, like, database now because FBI of that. but watch list or something. Sure. But it wasn't his kids, so at least I had that. So, thank God. So, he
0: kidnapped somebody else's kids? I hate Dabo Sweeney. He's
1: like, I knew he was a bad guy.
0: Him.
1: But it was a fun weekend and uh, saw a bunch of really cool Hall of Famers and stuff, and it was neat. Uh, meeting some of those people, but uh, the worst thing was I wanted to say hello to uh, Warren Sapp and get a picture with him, but I'm such a wuss, and I didn't, and now my defensive lineman I took to the camp is going to give me garbage for the rest of my life because I didn't say, hey, uh, I would love to have a picture with you because I'm a giant wuss. So
0: Just give him a meatball sub and a bowl, and it'll be fine. <laughs> because I grew up a hurricane fan, so I, I know all about it. Oh, good times. Clinton Porris is a character. Him and his, him and his costumes. Good times. I do think it's anyway. great,
1: though. I was telling my defensive lineman that I brought with me. I was like, every one of those guys that are standing up there right now have a really bad police record, and it's very, it's very strange. Because like, do so you
0: encourage your player to go? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right like, in you want
1: to be yeah. great, you gotta yeah. plot to murder someone, like Clinton Porris. There's
0: Porus. a causal connection between those things. For yeah,
1: sure. it's gotta or be. It? It's one or the other. Anyways,
0: anyway, as as fun as this is, this is not a podcast uh, about uh, about college football. Uh, so let's uh, just talk about some geeky stuff. So I'll go ahead and start. I have like a billion things to talk about today.
1: So uh, many.
0: This, this this past week, like all sorts of stuff started going down related to like RPGs and and whatnot. And so I have like a ton of RPG news and and various Kickstarters and things. Uh, I might spill some of ours next week. But the first thing I'm gonna talk about is. Little thing I like to call, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I call it this because that's what the company calls it, uh, Dwarven Forge. Uh, So Dwarven Forge, I've kind of alluded to a few times before. Dwarven Forge is a RPG terrain company. Yeah, they they make make, like miniatures
1: and stuff, right? That's what
0: they do. Um, Well, they do make miniatures, but they're basically known for making terrain. So they make things like little dungeon tiles uh, that they make out of this kind of composite plastic uh, that they call Dwarvenite, which is awesome. Like you can throw this stuff across the room and it doesn't break. Uh, And like they have caverns and they have castles and cities. And and so you can make some really interesting uh, like actual tactical maps uh to set your your rpgs which is really nice and last year i think pretty much every summer or thereabouts they do a fairly big kickstarter to fund their next major Kind of artistic endeavor and last year it was dungeons of doom so like their their campaign was focused on creating these really interesting dungeon pieces uh, and now these kickstarters make like million two million three million bucks you know they make a, a good amount of money because uh, the stuff is not cheap so i'm not going to pretend that it isn't but like if you're a person who plays rpgs and sort of revolves like your main hobby is like rpgs which is what minds sort of become i, I as, as i stopped playing video games as much and some other games as much uh, it kind of is worth it for me anyway, just because I like it. Uh, but last year was Dungeons & Zoom. This year, they're doing what's called Caverns Deep. So that's the name of the actual campaign. And the focus, obviously, then is on caves and caverns and all sorts of different things like that. And um, the campaign itself is broken down into what they call, like, encounters. So these are just basic different rooms um, or locations where you can set up you know rpg encounters combat encounters, social encounters puzzle encounters whatever you want to call them but they call them their encounter areas and then um there's quite a few of those and all of them are cavern themed so they all look like caves um that you're exploring maybe in the dark or maybe like an ice cavern or maybe in like a lava cavern or something with like an underground river or something with like an underground lake etc and so there's all sorts of fun little things like that that you can do and this is all modular terrain too and so usually if you buy a pack you get like some some stuff that serves as floors and some stuff that serves as walls or uh, you get little decoration pieces and things like that so they, have, uh, so they have this thing. It's broken down in Encounters, but the new thing that they're doing this particular campaign is they've broken it down into kind of like different uh, chunks because they're 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 recognizing that the people who come to these Kickstarter campaigns are likely people who, like myself, who now own stuff, uh, who, I'll, who I'll already have like quite a bit of Dwarven Forge because I just bought some recently. Um, so I don't really need like a bunch of regular floors. I don't really need a bunch of like regular walls. So one of the cool things they're doing is they're adding these little uh, kind of adventure pieces, as I think the term they're using, which is kind of like the bells and whistles. And so it's like lighted LED torches or stuff like that. Or it's like these little crystal um, things that you can like put in decorate room. Or it's like a pentagram uh, that you can place inside of a, a particular encounter. So if you're a person who's already got like plenty of, you know, wall- walls and floors and stuff like that, and you just want the other things to kind of make somewhat unique encounters, uh, as opposed to just really doing the same thing over and over again, you can kind of really customize uh, a la carte style. Uh, exactly what you want um the, so the campaign's up it's called caverns deep there's so much in it that i can't really do it justice by just like summarizing it there um but if you're really into rpgs if you're especially if you're like a dm uh so if you're like the person who's actually running their game uh, and you really want to flush out some of those combat encounters and tactical encounters and just kind of wow your your players a bit uh definitely take a look at this because the deal that you get uh from torrent forge on their kickstarters is way better uh, than anything get off their store because you get all sorts of kickstarter bonuses uh, for backings there's all these little stretch stretch goals stuff that gets added uh, as they make more and more money um, i'm in right now at the build your own cavern uh tier in kickstarter which is 10 bucks and then you kind of a la carte add whatever you want later on and uh and that sort of determines it so i'm looking kind of for all sorts of little things like there's like a rope bridge encounter that i really liked and like there's some like these crystalline areas and there's just like under doom section that they're talking about uh, that they just released that looks really really cool that's kind of got these semi-translucent pieces uh, that you can use uh, but there's other stuff um, and if you're brand new there's some there's like some good starter sets and things like that that you can use as well to, to, to kind of get the basics without having to, to get kind of go over your budget uh, if you do decide to back it there be really careful that you don't go over your budget because there's like so much in there and it's really nice um, you can get stuff either painted or unpainted, which is uh, if you want an unpainted, it, it saves you some money, uh, but it means you gotta paint it yourself uh, if you want to paint it. So that's what I did because I like painting stuff. So it works for me. Uh, so that's Caverns Deep. It's by Dwarven Forge. It's got 16 days to go as of this recording. So it puts it at around, I think, the 14th of August uh, that you can, uh, can get up and take a look about. Um, so Dwarven Forge, good stuff. It's really, really fun stuff. So what else you got, man? So
1: that's just like little pieces. It's not like actual like hexagonal mats. It's like actual like things it's you not... put down.
0: Well yeah, they're little pieces and they're modular. And so you piece them together. So it's like um so when you when you do a tactical your tactical map, most Dungeons and Dragons and other types of games like Pathfinder and whatnot, um, they use a grid system. And so um it's like you know, one inch grids yeah so, so like
1: they're like well, sometimes they're like hexagons or sometimes something a like
0: hexagon but i mean most i think most games uh, are probably probably uh actual grid based uh and so like the pieces themselves correspond to that so if you get like a, a regular floor piece you have like four squares like in a, in a you know four actuals like four inch squares so it's like two by two inches and it accounts for like four spaces that you can place your people on and uh, and that yeah and so you can actually see it they design artistically these things so that the, that you can actually deduce where the grid is but it kind of blends in so you're not just looking down at graph paper the whole time uh so you're actually looking at something that looks genuinely like a cave or looks genuinely like, like a 3d adventure.
1: type of effect that sounds pretty cool
0: looks great it looks amazing yeah. like i you gotta look at it like i can describe it as much as i want but until you actually look at it it's like it's you don't really get like it's like i said it's hard to do it justice you got to kind of look at it um there's all sorts of live streams that they've been doing Throughout the first week of the campaign, to kind of show some pieces, uh, they've also put up on their streaming. site. So I think they have a Twitch, they have a Twitch channel, uh, and they have some YouTube sites or YouTube uh, YouTube channel where they put up some videos uh, of some of the kind of the the sessions, the one shot sessions that they've run with some you know internet YouTube celebrity type people, um, like showing how you can use some of these in the camera. So it looks really cool. So, but that's again caverns deep, dwarven forge have till about August fourteenth uh to jump in on that on the kickstarter all right sounds good what do you got
1: um i've been trying to make a bit of a crusade for myself to read old critically acclaimed uh graphic novels that i should have read maybe years ago and by old i mean within like the past decade or so like when i should have read them uh so i took the chance to read umbrella academy so umbrella academy is written by gerard way who is the lead singer of my chemical romance um no kidding. yeah and he did this a long time ago in the arts by uh gabriel ba the art the best way i can equate it it's very much like um hellboy style look kind of like that those darks uh, like those dark lines and stuff like that um and it's a critically acclaimed book um because it's very unique and uh it's a limited series there's only 15 uh issues um three volumes i read the first volume which is like the first six issues and i always thought it was interesting because i had a very angsty college time where i loved my chemical romance uh black parade i love that album but like you know very emo-y but uh i never had a chance to read this book so i read it uh recently and basically the best way to kind of describe it is one day during a massive wrestling event uh Uh, like a galactic wrestling event a the champion of earth did an atomic elbow drop on this cthulhu-esque type monster right and at the exact moment of that atomic elbow drop 43 babies were born across the world at the exact same time by women who didn't even know they were pregnant like they just came out and so uh this guy sir reginald hargreaves decides that he wants to try and gather as many of them as possible because he wants to put them under his wing, and because he knows that they're all special, um, and so he can only get a hold of about seven of them, and so he names them one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven, and so they become part of this Umbrella Academy. And the book starts starts up with them as like little kids, like maybe eight, ten years old, and they're saving the world with their special abilities. Like one of them has the ability to is like telekinetic powers, also like uh, telekinesis, and uh, that's the same thing. Telekinesis and Reading Minds. I forgot the other one as well. So uh, he has that power. His name is uh, Seance. You have one <clears throat> who's super strong. Uh, he's called Space Boy. Uh, you have one that's like uh, super secret ops, strong, stealthy type of guy. He's called the Kraken. You have one that kind of like can like sense people's like things that are happening behind him. She's Rumor. You have uh, one that can travel through time uh one that has no power and then one called the horror that has like a cthulhu-esque monster that comes out of its chest and so when they're little the one who can pass through time goes in the future and doesn't come back for like 20 years and they you know it starts off as a little fun adventure of "Eh, we're saving the world and then they get older and they all have awful lives like the space boy goes to space and then has a terrible accent coming back so uh sir reginald hargreaves in order to try and save him transplants his head on top of a giant gorilla's body and so you have this guy
0: i had a nickel for yeah every
1: time. which I is great he's like this guy that has his head on top of a gorilla's body right it's just really weird um they kind of alienates the one that doesn't have any power so she's kind of not around cracking the the kind of a jerkish one is doesn't want anything to do with the group anymore, because I guess the one with Cthulhu-esque monster came out of his chest died at some point, and they haven't really gotten into that yet, I'm sure they do later on, and he feels that Space Boy is responsible for it, and so it's all this cool stuff, it's just very weird, and oh yeah, they have a, um, a, a monkey butler, so there's that too, so, it basically is just adventure of these people kind of going through the, uh, horrors of their past, you know, they're kind of experimented on by this man, and then you know, uh, dealing with what's going on now. And then the boy who went to the future finds out that there's going to be an apocalypse and he decides to come back and he comes back in a very strange way. And they haven't explained it yet. He decides to come back and, um, decides that he, he wants to try and prevent it from happening. So it's up to them trying to stop the apocalypse from happening. So it's a pretty cool story. The, the, the art is very interesting. It's, it's, it's it's a lot like Hellboy's art. But it's not. I think it's kind of like the same type of vein, but it's not the same thing. Um, lots of Cthulhu-esque types of feelings from it I get. Like tentacles and aliens and that type of stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, the colors are great. They, there's a lot of times where they kind of uh, accent certain things with beautiful splashes of color. And the, the storyline's is really good. And it's just really absurd, which I like it. Because they're like, yeah, I have a monkey body like okay that's what we're doing i'm okay with this so it's it's very interesting and i can see why it's so critically acclaimed because it's it's a really interesting story and it's it's very limited it's only 15 issues and i've gone through half of them with one volume there's two other volumes the first volume is apocalypse suite which is what i read the second volume is dallas and the third volume is hotel oblivion i do want to finish it up i think it was a really really good story i'm really curious what happened to the one that they never really like explored because the one that died i'm really curious what happened <clears throat> and they always there's like a little uh things that hinting that maybe that the guy who was like sir reginald greaves really that nice of a guy because he was an alien and like there's he's got some like weird sort of past like how he tortured the monkey to kind of like talk like a human it's, it's really interesting but oh yeah there's monkey uh cops too i guess in this world uh chimpanzees uh i guess are equal to humans and they, uh, they help solve crimes, too. So I'm like, hey, I like that. Sure, sure. So it's Umbrella Academy. I like it a lot. I also uh, suggest that you uh, listen to the Black Parade, by My Chemical Romance. Um, it's really got me through some angsty times in college. So uh, I got a Comixology for $10. bucks. i am sure you can get it anywhere, too. Uh, there's plenty of volumes at all your local comic stores. But Comixology I'm is sure really Dark good. House,
0: very. Dark Horse has it, too. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, it's published by Dark Horse but like
0: yeah,
1: that's what i was mentioning for me like just not just not that we're sponsored by them or anything but it's become really easy for me to use that type of stuff i know it stinks for like local comic book stores but it's just so convenient to be like all right i want to read this old comic and it's right here right now you know i don't have to go try and hopefully find yeah. it so anyways pick it up umbrella little, academy
0: little note about umbrella again i was looking it up while you were uh you we were talking apparently they're making a netflix uh television yeah show. i forgot
1: to mention that they are making a netflix television show
0: it's got ellen page tom hopper comes out in 2019 yeah so, so live, live action so. who's tom hopper uh he was in merlin if you saw that and Man. i know he played a role on game of thrones that's what it is uh, imdb says but i can't remember i'm gonna have to
1: look at it who. because now that i have all these i do remember
0: him from uh, black sales actually he was uh he oh, was billy bones on black sales now that i
1: like know all these characters i kind of want to go on the imdb and like look up who's playing what sure. um but like it's a really interesting thing and one of the reasons why i want to read this book is because i saw that news about the netflix stuff and i'm like well if this is coming out i might as well just try and see like sure. what, what's about so anyways what yeah. else
0: you got going on all right, so tons of RPG stuff. So the next thing I want to talk about, I want to talk about the Expanse. Uh, so the Expanse uh, television show used to be on Sci-Fi. Then Sci-Fi did a horrible thing and they canceled it. And then Amazon was like, no, 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 uh, you're you're, you're uncancelled. And so it's going to be it's next season, season four, will be on Amazon. But I don't want to talk about the TV version of it. I want to talk about the now tabletop version of this. Uh, so the expanse rpg so the expanse role-playing game it's up on kickstarter they're actually making an rpg a tabletop rpg out of this uh it's being it's being put out by green ronin publishing uh and it's made a little over 200k uh right now and it's been up for a couple days um it runs until the 22nd of august uh but it looks pretty cool like there's a couple different ways that you can purchase it so you can get it in for like 20 bucks for the pdf like the standard edition or 30 bucks for the standard edition plus the gm kit uh, which has like a bunch of like pre -pre pre-gen characters and some other tables and stuff for easy access for gms Uh, but then there's also hardcover versions like 50 and 70 dollars respectively and i think there's actually a kickstarter exclusive version that's got one of those little beautiful black leatherette type hardcovers and apparently some kind of bookmark Um, now one of the cool things about this campaign is they actually put a quick start rpg pdf that you can download directly from the kickstarter's page and you can play it free and so it's just like a quick start and by quick start it means it gives you really the down and dirty basic rules that you would need to start playing this and it gives you a bunch of pre-generated characters and their character sheets so it's pretty cool so you can kind of read through the site the actual page see what they're offering you can actually try it yourself and play it i haven't had a chance to, to play we're pretty deep into our d d campaign at this point so i don't know if we're gonna have a chance to to kind of test it out beforehand uh, so it's kind of interesting, uh, they have like a little bullet list themselves of what they consider to be um, like their unique features. Um, so they're kind of doing a little take or a little tweak on how health normally works in RPGs. Like in health, you have a, you know, like for health in RPGs, usually you have a, a health number. Sometimes they to your constitution score or something like that. And it's the amount of damage you can take before you fall prone or, for, or, or, or you know, go unconscious or whatever it is. Uh, well, they're not really doing health, they're doing a system called Fortune, which is basically um, characters have a fortune score and it measures their near misses and close scrapes and like small, like little minor um, sh- hits that they take before they really take serious uh, ter- serious harm. Um, and so it's not so much a straight up health, but I think thematically they're trying to describe it a little bit differently. Um, I guess it's one of the ways you can kind of ex- explain away like bullet, spl- bullet sponging systems like in video games, which are so annoying. Um, they also have these things where they call interludes, uh, they're between encounters, um, it's like it's sort of like a downtime system that they're talking about, uh, which is sort of interesting. Uh, so it has, I guess they have like a whole process for like how to do maintenance on ships and stuff like that, and how to develop um, relationships with other people, because that's something that's like the social encounter system is really detailed. Um, they also have spaceships, which is awesome. Um, so, you can, so a lot like Starfinder and a lot like uh, Stars Without Number, there's like a space, uh, spaceship system um, that's in place. And so you can kind of create your own um, and you can do some space combat, which is nice. I always thought that the way that the show handles space combat is great. Uh, so, hopefully, there's some sort of translation there that we get some of that, but it's also still fun. Then they have something called the churn, which I'm still not sure I completely understand. So, it's, it, this is, I'm just going to read it directly off the page. It says, The Expanse also offers something for the Game Master with the churn. Which is a ticking counter that measures the crew's progress through a story and just when things are going to suddenly go sideways and become even more complicated so i don't know what it is exactly it sounds a little bit like a system for adding wrinkles or uh like to a a specific story um or it kind of just the, the the loose understanding i have of it sort of reminded me a little bit of the cypher systems gm intrusion which is like the gm sort of steps in and causes some sort of complication to happen uh, but their mechanisms for how that appears could be different, so not entirely sure. Um, I should also mention it doesn't have like traditional RPG classes, um, but there's like uh, other types of things that you develop um, paths and skills. They have backgrounds and professions and talents, which are basically abilities, and you can train uh, those specific talents to three different degrees, like novice, expert, and master. Something else that's kind of interesting, and again, it's another departure from I think the types of system people are slightly more like accustomed to. Like it's not a D20 system. So dungeon, people know Dungeons and Dragons. That's like the big, you know, the big elephant in the room, so to speak. That's a D20 system. Pathfinder, Starfinder, also D20 systems. This is using a 3d6 system for tests. So, in Dungeons and Dragons, if you want to do something, if you want to climb up, you know, a cliff face, or if you want to attack something, you roll a D20, and then you see exactly whether or not you make that test, depending upon which you roll and the skill that you add to that roll. So for this, you do 3d6s uh so three you know uh so three normal dice which i guess people who aren't are you know who aren't rpg players it's just a regular dice that you expect to find so a d6 uh one of those dice is different it's called the drama die uh and that's supposed to be like colored a little bit differently or at least has to be able to stand out in some way and that also can modify the not so much like whether or not you pass or fail but like more it modifies like what actually happens based upon your failure or passing um so uh, the Quick Start Guide goes into a little bit more about this. Um, another thing that they have, in addition to just normal major and minor actions, um, so like you know regular actions versus bonus actions or something like that, or free actions, they have this thing called stunts, uh, which is sort of an interesting system. Um, so whenever you make a successful attack, or uh, I assume when you make a successful test, uh, and you get doubles, uh, two or more matching numbers, out of those three D6s, you start to accrue stunt points. Uh, and then you can start spending those stunt points um, to do certain abilities that they have in their charts so things like in combat for instance you can do things like you can taunt people you can knock people prone you can duck and weave Uh, in social situations you can be able to impress somebody or you can lighten the mood by like cracking a joke being a class clown or sending a hidden message uh and then there's also exploration stunts that you kind of like complete tests at at a quicker rate or perhaps give you like the upper hand and initiative role for combat so the stunt system seems pretty interesting um I'm sort of. I, I like the fact that they're trying to do something a little different than the d20 system, uh, and I like that they're doing this kind of variation. It also, since it's just d6s that they're using, it's going to be fairly easy to acquire this. Most people probably have regular d6s lying around. Uh, so if you're not like a, a hardcore role player or even a uh, just a moderate role player, then you 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 probably don't have d20s and the, the kind of polyhedral dice that that so many other systems use. But three sixes, you know, open up a board game, you probably have them. So anyway, that's the expanse. Uh, it sounds pretty interesting. Uh, Green Run and Publishing is a pretty good company. Um, this is again till August twenty second, and you can get in digitally for like twenty or thirty bucks, or you can get in with uh, if you're a person who likes the hardcovers, you can get in for about fifty or seventy depending on the package that you want. Uh, so it looks lo- looks looks pretty interesting, especially if you like sci fi games, and especially if you're a fan of either the books uh, or if you uh, if you like the uh, the TV show. Right. so that's the expanse rpg system by green ronin publishing all right um
1: i got just some movie re- uh, news that i want to do in my movie roundup um so a few things first thing netflix ordered 10 episodes for a locking key which uh means you got to finish reading it then so i have it there.
0: i have it on my uh my Comicsology cuz it's unlimited in Comixology. so yeah it's access.
1: unlimited it's good pretty awesome i got to finish reading the whole thing the first 10 episodes is probably just going to be the first graphic novel so there's that So, uh, Netflix orders 10 episodes of Lock and Key. I haven't looked at any of the casting. I don't think it's really going to matter. Like most of them are kids, so it's not really a huge thing. So, um, I'm looking forward to that. I thought it was a really good comic book. It's actually quite morbid. So I'm looking forward to seeing how far they go on the Netflix show. Um, also the Batman hush animated movie is slated for 2019 for their like, because like, uh, DC does really good animated movies. They just came out with, um, death of Superman and they're about to come up with reign of Superman, like directly after it, which is like straight what happens in the comics. So like, they have a lot of really good animated stuff. And like, you, you, you watched killing joke and there's a whole bunch of, there's like, um, there's the dark Knight stuff. There's Year one. There's a lot of really, really good DC, uh, like, um, animated series movies. Hush is one of my favorite DC stories. It's kind of a very detective-y type of thing, uh, caper type of thing, and I really enjoy that one. Um ends up being kind of lame at the end, but uh, I enjoy that, because, like, in the end, it's like, of course it was that guy type of thing. Um, so uh, that's coming out for 2019, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I still have to watch Death of Superman, Give though I know how it ends. Doomsday and him punch each other out. Uh
0: right it's in the title they kind of give it away yeah
1: yeah it's basically what happens in uh batman v superman and then
0: then our lady peace from the 90s makes a song and uh and gets a a lot of publicity for it yeah 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 yeah. anyone 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 get that reference you get that you know the song i'm talking about i used to love that song no no that's lead singer's voice oh man it's terrible so we got my chemical romance and our lady peace so far let's see what other bands uh, (laughs) reference today
1: uh, think. this one you might be excited about—the Batman animated series uh, uh box set—is going to arrive in October. It's all the Batman original sure. series uh, shows, which
0: I've stopped buying uh, Blu-rays.
1: Yeah, I'm not buying Blu-rays, DVDs, but, but I don't do it maybe it'll be more available on like a streaming service that I can watch. It's going to be on their DCU, I guess, their new streaming service. Which its headliner yeah, is fun. Titans which I can't wait to watch. It's going to be so good. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So, uh, but the old Batman stuff is still good, and it still holds up really, really well. Um, Some of the animation, like, from the original, like, first couple episodes, not so great, but, like, uh, the Phantom... I forget what it was called, that movie that they did. I thought that was a pretty good movie and everything, so... Anyways, I mean, last the thing...
0: Phantom with Alec... Was it Alec Baldwin?
1: No, Phantom was, was uh, with uh, the... No, that's with the... Uh, <laughs> oh, he's in Titanic. Oh no.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know talk you're talking. You're thinking yeah. of the shadow. Billy Zane. You're talking about yeah. Billy Zane. You're right Billy right.
1: Zane's in the Phantom. The Shadow is Alec Baldwin. That's what that right. is. Right. That's when like there was a weird thing <laughs> like Dick Tracy, the Phantom, the Shadow. They all came out like really close to each other. Like it's really weird. Yeah. Like 1920s comic book revolution in the 90s. Sure uh last thing game of thrones prequel pilot is on a 2019 release so it looks yeah, like it's, it's not coming
0: be, out until after the other series is yeah it looks good. like
1: it's gonna be like right on the heels of it looks like or like the a couple see a couple like because you know HBO does was it, like seasons of like different they shows
0: said they want the 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 original series to sort of just be able to like sit and rest and people can kind of reflect on it before they like drop it they don't want to like they don't want to they don't want to be cheap about it is what they said like not yeah they're trying to not
1: to exactly capitalize it. off of it too much i guess
0: they yeah. want to make it its own thing and make a quality show on its own i guess yeah the big news because i think that news has been out kind of but the, the big news is that the other ones the other um the other pilots that they had ordered because they were like four or five uh they're no go so like they're on hold no one's they're not moving forward with any of those it's still possible they could expand and do others later uh, but they're really just moving forward with the one.
1: Yeah, so they have they decide on the the single one that they want to kind of work for because like obviously they're sitting on like a gold mine of of lore that people are really into and like love, but like Maybe. you don't want to Star Wars it, you know what I mean? Like oversaturate the market and or Marvel, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Nah, it's yeah. just Star Wars, just Star Wars.
0: I like how our friend Maddie uh is also now starting to listen to the podcast and is calling justin on
1: maddie can box. shut her stupid mouth all right she doesn't know what she's talking about
0: okay. she's got a, she uh, have a podcast a i don't think so beautiful brain and keep uh, i don't think and, she has a podcast
1: I, I we got podcasts <laughs> yeah anyway that's it for my little movie roundup i thought i'd just mention a few things i thought was pretty <laughs> interesting so nice good anyways deal. you got anything else or
0: yes uh i say the best for last uh, so uh, D. Wizards of the Coast, uh, the parent company, uh, they uh, they announced this week the two new campaign settings that they are coming out with, uh, which they had been hinting at for a little bit of time now. So a couple of months now, we've known this this announcement was coming, that they were going to drop two new campaign uh, campaign settings uh, this year, over the summer in July, uh, and it dropped on Monday. So I believe that was like the twenty third. Um, and a lot of people have been wondering what it was going to be. I've been hoping for Spelljammer personally because I just like Spelljammer. It's like goofy sci-fi, sci-fantasy, um, like Ice Pirates type stuff. Unfortunately, Spelljammer was not one of the chosen uh, the chosen uh, that, that they're going with. Uh, but they are going with Eberron, uh, which is a campaign setting uh, that was originally established in twenty in 2002 uh, by a guy named Keith Baker who shares my last name, so he's got to be intelligent. I've never actually played in Eberron. Uh, so I'm not really an expert on it, so I did, but I did look into it some more. Um, but they have what's called the Wayfinders, uh, the Wayfinders Guide to Eberron, which is a fifth edition campaign setting, and they are um, they are adapting it from previous editions when it came out in 2002. So they're adapting it for fifth edition, and you can actually buy it now. So it's available as a PDF on the DMs on DMsGuild.com, uh, so DMSGUILD.com. Um, And you can actually get it, and it goes through overarching setting concepts so that you kind of understand the differences between uh, the Eberron setting and the Forgotten Realms setting, which is what so much of D&D is actually set in, um, or at least 5th edition so far has been set in, like, officially. Uh, And so it gives you kind of an understanding of, like, how does this differ, uh, but also goes over some of the different—there's also some Unearthed Arcana um, that they released this past week that goes through the the different uh, races that are available because the races in Eberron's different, so— um, again, not an expert on Eberron, but uh, I've been reading up on it. And from what I can understand, um, from what I know about Eberron, like the basic premise is that the entire campaign or the entire setting is based after this, this massive destructive war on this continent called Corvair. And it's sort of the the, the, post, the post-war the era. And this particular setting is less about kind of high fantasy and more about kind of pulpy adventure. Um, and I've heard, I've seen, the like they use a, pulp they used the phrase uh, neo-noir i've seen and there's like some little bit of like kind of steam or uh, like arcano punk type setting going on because there's a bunch of different technology systems so you things like high speed trains and sky ships and uh like mechanical robot robotic type stuff um there's a whole playable uh, playable race called the Warforged, forged uh, which are basically sentient robots uh <laughs> sort of so to speak um or machines um, that were built to fight in that war, but now that the war's over, they're trying to figure out well, what do we do now? Like it's sort of like an existential thing. Um, there's other races, there's like changelings, um, which again are, are basically shapeshifters. Um, there's this thing called the Kalistar, which sounds really interesting, uh, which is a quote compound race that's created from the union of humanity with renegade spirits from the plane of dreams, spirits called the Quori. So it's got this weird mixture of like actual humans, but also kind of a spirit behavior. Um, so they're all kind of haunted by nightmares and also, or excuse me, hunted by nightmares is like one of the kind of the sub concepts that they talk about here. There's shifters as well, um, which are little, which are different than changelings. Um, and there's a couple other, other things that they talk about in the unearthed arcana that kind of goes through like the different races as well. Um, so it's really interesting. I, I don't know if we're going to, if we're going to play it at any point. Um, I did buy the, um, the actual version of Eberron up on, Uh, dndbeyond.com since i've been we've been using dd beyond for our, our new campaign right now uh and i've been sort of reading through it it seems like a really interesting setting there's stuff i really like about it um they do a pretty good job of sort of explaining like how you can take all sorts of like these optional rules from the from the like the dm guide uh things like hero points and you can add them to uh like to the actual game for Eberron, they kind of encourage you to do it because it's supposed to be players are supposed to be like more heroic and like overcoming like really impossible odds and situations and stuff like that so um but yeah it's called the wayfinder's guide to eberron eberron's new setting a lot of people love it um not one i'm 100 percent familiar with but it sounds cool um i do like the concepts of like you know arcano punk or sort of bringing in technology into the system um guns and and cannons and sky ships and stuff is always kind of pretty cool to me. So that's one of the two settings and the second setting and this is where we're going to end on uh, is one that's actually uh, of interest to you too Justin uh because the second mm. setting that they decided on they announced this year this uh this week excuse me was Ravnica which is a Magic the Gathering plane.
1: I know Magic the Gathering. Right. I so know that. I-
0: so my basic understanding of it and i've and i've been doing a ton of reading this week and i'm actually really excited about this at first my first instinct was like what where's spell jammer i'm super pissed uh but i started reading about some more and i actually kind of like the setting a bit um and so from what i understand about ravnica it is an an entire plane um that's the name of the plane but also it's it's the name of a city uh on like where this whole thing this massive almost like planet-wide city uh like coruscant or something like that um but like the whole, because of how big it is, like they just kind of name the plane um, uh, Ravnica at this point. Uh, it's very guilds based, so there's like ten guilds, and the guilds are correspond to the two colors of magic that they're like that particular guild is a, you know expert in. Uh, and we say a, a giant city, we mean like there's elements of fantasy, there's elements of sci-fi, there's elements of kind of steampunk, kind of all kind of mixed together. Uh, similar to Eberron uh, has kind of those those notions of like. Uh, imbuing technology or using magic in technology kind of intertwining those two concepts together which i find really interesting uh so yeah ravnica what can you tell us about ravnica justin
1: all i know is that uh when i first started getting back into magic someone made a lands deck where they just beat me with uh with the lands and it made me mad uh so basically there's these different guilds and these guilds are like there's guilds that are either like partner colors or enemy colors so like if you look on the back of a magic card there's five colors there's green white blue red and black and i I think i forgot one green white blue red and black and i got all so and then if they're next to each other they're they're uh partners if they're across from each other they're enemies so like you have different groups like golgari demir boros um celestia um different stuff like that and Basically, these different guilds have different, like, types of creatures that usually uh, associate with them. Selesnya is usually, like, um, warriors, like elf warriors and stuff like that. Demir is usually the, uh, like, uh, undead. Golgari would be um, Mm -hmm. shamanistic type of things, like of trolls and stuff like that. Um, When I played back when it was fresh... Uh, I liked Boros because it was very anti uh, control. It was very fiery. Boros is white and red. It was all about uh, certain stuff like that, about just burning people out. And then uh, I also liked Golgari because Golgari had a lot of uh, graveyard play. So, like, basically, each little guild has its own little special flavor to it. And, um, like, Rakdos is Devils and and demons and the, that was really cool and it's black and red and so it's like different stuff like that which is which was pretty cool so right if that's the case um, i've been doing
0: a of reading on this this week and i am super interested in is it which is blue red is it is the,
1: like your technology driven
0: exactly people. it's de- it's like tech techno magic people and like there's i guess there's a dragon that's in charge of it or something like that which sounds pretty cool
1: yeah it's a, there's a big old dragon that and i think i had him i don't know he wasn't really that yeah. interesting but like Basically, like, is its technology blue and white's like angels, and um, mm-hmm. the counter to is its usually Golgari, which is like your destruction and and right. earth. So it's
0: kind of that stuff. So, so what what they're gonna do? Like the, the actual book, which is called the Guildmaster uh, Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, isn't out until November. Um, so this one's not out yet. You can get and you like you can get it on D and D Beyond. You can pre-order it now on D and D Beyond. Actually, if you if you have an account up there, um, uh, otherwise like it'll have its like usual hardcover and stuff coming out in November. But what they're going to do in D and D, they have a system called backgrounds, um, and so the background kind of in it, like gives you some sort of part of its flavor, so you understand how to RP, you know, you know, role-play your character. Help like kind of guide the way that your character is, but it also has some some sort of uh, adjustment to to certain aspects of your character right so you might be like you might have a noble background or you might have like a sage background or an outcast background or like a people's hero or something like that so there's all sorts of different backgrounds well they're replacing backgrounds with guilds and so in ravnica if you're doing the ravnica setting like your guild is going to sort of be your background and that's going to fuel a little bit more and so that that's gonna be one of the ways that they kind of dive that in um part of the actual book is also for gms there's going to be a whole kind of an adventure and encounter building system that they've talked about a little bit so far They didn't have a ton of details about how it's going to work but the idea is that it's going to give instructions for or, or sort of guidelines for how to develop encounters and adventures based upon the the guild makeup of your players like what guilds have they chosen to be part of and like how do you actually develop kind of some sort of interaction based upon that uh, which seems pretty interesting um there's some sort of chatter but none of it this is all sort of rumor about like the potential races that they might open up in ravnica so things like centaur and minotaur and stuff like that um more kind of monstrous type races might start popping up because it seems to be something that's relevant to ravnica as a magic setter yeah like setting. Your,
1: your red greens are like your satyrs and centaurs that's right your, uh... and
0: we have seen recently uh with unearthed arcana and unearthed arcana is like beta testing material that uh the wizards of the coast folks they put out like every month at this point like on a monday or something like that i can't remember the exact schedule but it's like once a month i think at this point point. and one of the things that they released were um test rules for centaurs and minotaurs and stuff like that so how would you actually play them so they might they might be gearing up and getting ready to perhaps get that and this is all again this is all just a, assumption and just sort of trying to put some some dots together and, and see if it sort of makes sense none of that has been officially as, as far as i know announced yet so uh, but yeah initially when i heard the news uh, i was i really wanted um the two i really wanted were Spelljammer and dark sun Spelljammer, as i already mentioned sci fantasy and then dark sun uh was more like uh, post-apocalyptic, Mad Max-like, magic has sort of ruined the world type of thing, um, which is a setting I've always kind of wanted to play in, but never had the chance. Um, but I know a little bit more about it than I know about Eberron. And then um, they didn't land. Neither of them landed. So I'm like, ah, I thought at least one of them would get it. And then I heard Eberron. I'm like, okay, cool. That's cool because I know there's a lot of Eberron fans. Then Ravnica come in, I'm like, what? Come on. Why are you doing the magic the gathering thing? But then the more and more I read about this Ravnica setting, the more I'm getting excited about it. Uh, and so. Uh, We're gonna you and I are gonna do something a little later, uh, like in the year, and maybe start keeping that a place since it's sort of a way of bridging two of our major hobbies. Like you, you magic, me, me D anD. D. So we're gonna try to figure out something to do with it later on. I think a big reason why
1: they chose Ravnica as well is because Return to Ravnica is coming back uh, in a couple months, so uh, it's kind of like a. I think that's kind of perfect timing. Upward, uh, uh, what is it called? Upward, not it's like upward marketing or vertical marketing they're trying to do like not only sure. are they doing they, they're not only doing um a thing for magic with ravnica base but now they're also because it's both wizards of the coast and so it's right, going to be D. Yeah. so like yeah. i think it's a, a big reason why they probably chose that over like your star jammers or whatever so
0: spell jammer god dang it that's ridiculous star Jamb- that, sorry no, no, star oh, there's jammers there's
1: is a things. is a marvel character there's a marvel group that's a Cyclops is Dad. There's also, uh, also
0: a website, I think, that actually does, has old Spelljammer rules and you can use for Starfinder too. Anywho, anyway, that's it. We're done with this section. Let's just, I'm too, I'm too flustered. But Ravnica sounds really cool. Uh, we might do a little bit more of that on the podcast uh later this year. Uh and so let's go, let's go uh stop talking about this and go start talking about some Stephen King stuff. Okay? Sound good? sounds great. It's the movie. <laughs>
1: Breakdown!
0: Created by Sam Shaw and Dustin Thomason, Castle Rock is a psychological horror show now airing on Hulu. It's inspired by the works of Stephen King, making use of various locations and characters from King's works. Now, it's set in the fictional town of Castle Rock, Maine, with Maine being a commonplace for King, uh, and stars Andre Holland as Henry Matthew Deaver and Melanie Linsky as Molly Strand. Um, there are a host of familiar actors on the show and smaller roles, people you, you definitely recognize, like Sissy Spacek plays Henry's adoptive mother, Scott uh, Scott Glenn plays Castle Rock's retired sheriff, Terry O'Quinn from Lost, uh, who I was, always remember as Locke. Uh, he plays a former warden of Sean, Shawshank Prison, which is a common uh, common name because we know Shawshank Redemption, and Francis Conroy plays his wife. Um, the story itself follows a series of bizarre events that revolve primarily, or at least originally, around the discovery of a hidden and unknown inmate within Shawshank Prison, and he's played by Bill Skarsgård, and he's found in an unused section of that prison after a change of leadership, a change of wardens uh, within the prison itself. Now, the inmate doesn't uh, know his own name, or at least he hasn't shared his own name, but he does know the name of Henry Matthew Deaver, who is a capital punishment lawyer who eventually arrives to represent this inmate, or at least try to. Uh, Deaver is a former inhabitant of Castle Rock, who years ago, and we get the little bits and pieces of this in some flashback moments, uh, went missing for several days, uh, and he was lost in the snow, only to turn up, like, something 10 or 11 days later, completely unharmed, looked fine. Now, Molly Strand, who's one of the other major characters, was his childhood neighbor and has stayed in town all these years. Um, And she's something of a psychic or an empath. She has the ability to kind of sense what other people are thinking or feeling at a certain time. But these abilities have kind of caused her trouble over the years. Um, So the first three episodes, and that's really all that's available right now on Hulu, Hulu Hulu dropped the first three, and there's going to be more to come. Uh, The first three episodes establish the main players and some of the story, all while kind of hinting at a troubled history for Castle Rock uh, as a city itself or as a town itself. And as one would expect of anything that's sort of Stephen King inspired or Stephen King related, it involves kind of a massive helping of like good versus evil. Uh, as people are trying to figure out just who this unknown inmate is, where he came from, and how Henry D. Disappearance has to do with it, if it does at all, right? Uh, so during the discussion, we're going to be talking about those three first episodes, which are currently available. We're going to try to avoid any sort of major spoilers for some of the cool surprises. Um, obviously, you're going to get little bits and pieces of, of non-surprising spoiler stuff, but we'll we'll keep the big stuff uh, as best we can uh, away. Uh, but if we do so, decide to go full spoiler, we'll let you know. Uh, but Justin, what did you think about Castle Rock?
1: I liked it a lot. Um there's a lot of stuff in there that really is quite interesting. Um the the camera work and the cinematography is beautiful. Um there's some fantastic shots that they do in this show that are really just really cool picturesque little things. Um for me it's the perfect amount of creepy. Um like I I maybe I'm getting better with it I don't know, but like there's some really creepy moments that I thought are are really interesting and cool, but not too ridiculous. Um, like the jail scene or the little, uh, I guess the, the, the
0: pseudo, the pseudo courtroom. Yeah. That, that was very, creepy. that to me was the creepiest and coolest. Yeah. But I was like, this is
1: really neat. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of Easter eggs that I'm sure I'm not getting. Um, there is one that i got like there's that one character jackie torrance who's dressed exactly like jack torrance from the shining and so like she's even got like the aviator jacket you know aviator jean jacket and like the the flannel undershirt like obviously that's supposed to be a jack torrance reference right um right but i think there's a whole bunch of other stuff i'm not seeing i guess in the upcoming preview that there's like um uh, a thing for Cujo is missing or something like that. Something well, like that.
0: Yeah, like that was actually mentioned. Uh, there's one point when one of the characters is flipping through like old new, like newspaper clippings, and one of them was about a, a dog, like like a rabid dog, like you know, terrorizing a town. Yeah. Um, so like so, Scott Glenn's character, um, Alan Pangborn. He's uh, he's in a couple of the other a couple other King stuff. So he's in Needful Things, I know, and I think he was in the Dark Half. Uh, so some of these characters like show up elsewhere. Um, then. There's the woman who, if I recall, the woman who he was, he was actually like Devers was actually representing when we, when we first meet Henry Devers like he's actually. Defeated, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the old lady. Death. I think she might be a reference to Dark Tower, right? Isn't, isn't sort of like the same name, like the Chambers name or something like that. What was not, her name?
1: Maybe I'm What's Chambers. her
0: name? I think her last, I think they said her name was Chambers. Like her last name is Chambers in the meeting. Yeah, yeah.
1: Started, yeah. Jake, thinking, oh, Jake Chambers, Chambers is the name or, of the boy from Dark Tower.
0: Right, 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 right so maybe um not really sure
1: they said that she murdered her husband too mm-hmm. so that's interesting i'd have to think about how that might be related somehow but like it's there's a lot of stuff like i like the stephen king universe he, there's some stuff out there that's very weird um like if you ever take a moment to really sit down and read the book it if you have 7 years to read it cuz it is the I, bible I read it like
0: um it's not this stand it, it ain't it ain't that bad but
1: it's to it's weird it is there's some seriously strange scenes he did a lot of cocaine in the 80s and uh he came up with some <laughs> weird stuff um, i
0: don't know justin's just is the the, the views of uh, the allegedly uh, are not allegedly reflect the views of the lolligators i discovered
1: it. it we're good i said allegedly <laughs> and then a lot of stuff from the dark tower is so weird but i love the dark tower i think the dark tower is great it gets a little bit muddled towards mm-hmm. the end and I re- what I'm hoping for, is, here, here's the thing. Is this like a one season thing? Is it like American Horror Story? Or is this going to be yeah, an ongoing series? It's an anthology series,
0: yeah. That's, All right, that, so like that's, that's the plan.
1: there's one idea and then they finish it within that series.
0: Right. Um, that's, I mean, that's how I originally read it. It's going to be considered an anthology series. So there's like season-long story arcs. Um, and then like whether or not they have a second season with a different story, then they might do that, you know? So I don't know if it's necessarily going to be as like this, like re- repeat the same actors like American Horror Story or if it's going to be something else. Uh, but yeah, it seems like there there's going to be a finite end to this producer. Maybe more like I, 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 I was equating it more to Fargo. Uh, like yeah, 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 yeah where it's just like you have the continuity um, and maybe they set it in the same basic area if they do a season two, but they just use like different, you know, different
1: people or different time, time That was my understanding of it. That was definitely my understanding. Um, But I, I, I kind of hope that this leads to like, like a dark tower series. Cause that movie was garbage. It was. And so I'd like to see something like this with the Dark Tower, which should have been a TV show to begin with, you know. Maybe.
0: I i don't know, man. I think the Dark Tower series really kinda goes I don't know. I think the first the first book is really good. It gets but pretty wackadoo. Some of the middle books I think are just not great. Like I think they're it
1: gets pretty wackadoo. Um yeah, but I don't know if I would want that. Back to this. I That's enjoyed I mean. this very much. I think that the integrated stories and mysteries were very well put together. I'm just so enthralled about is this guy what we think he is you know and i'm curious about all the stuff that's going on like what really happened in the winter to his father like i, I really want to know the things that happened what was that giant noise right. that the there sheriff one, heard one of the
0: major one of the major stories is uh henry matthew deaver's adoptive father and and you know what actually happened to him because he, he died way back in the day and it was just sort of like how that all went down like that's yeah a mystery that they're sort of exploring yeah so i'm really that's curious not a spoiler like, that he's dead it's yeah just a spoiler. i'm not telling you how it's it like, like
1: opening scene yeah. that, that happens yes yeah. oh yeah but like
0: well, well that's not but part yeah of it it's is, just yeah. like You're
1: it's a a little breadcrumbs but like right. i think it's just really fascinating some of the stories like what's going on with the sheriff how does he know about the stuff that's going on and, you know like little things like that which i think are really interesting and it makes me upset that this is a week-to-week show like I want to consume this right. all now, right? I, I hate when shows do this. Like what was it? Um there was a show on Netflix that did that. And
0: oh, the really bad one that was like set in Canada and was with Yeah, it was the guy life. from uh Everybody Number Twenty One was dying. Yeah. Is that you what you're talking about? I don't yeah, remember it was, the name of it, but I it was, remember watching I think it was like Bloodline
1: episode. or something like that. No, it, it wasn't was,
0: Bloodline, because that's the one that's set in Miami or the Keys, and that's got the, the, the Clear Hearts. Blue yeah. eyes, something can't, <laughs> clear eyes, <laughs> clear eyes, <ice>, blue <laughs> eyes,
1: can't fail. It's Pretty totally sure that's what it was.
0: Eyes. It's still, to, it's totally, it's totally blue eyes. Uh, so yeah. Um, but no, that was one I can't remember what it was called, but it's not on there anymore. I don't think. But it was trash. That was terrible. And it was uh, we we can't get into that. Never mind. I'm gonna get off on a tangent. Also, I,
1: I like how on like some of the music. There was some Shawshank music. You know, that, that took you back to like the Shawshank Redemption. Sure. There's, you know, obviously this is the exact prison from Shawshank Redemption. They have a picture of the old warden. They talk about how there's still a, a gun hole in the wall where he blew his brains out at, at the end of the movie. And right. like, there's a lot of really cool. stuff. And part of me thinks that maybe that cell block that they were in was a cell block with Andy Dufresne and all that. So I think that's. Or
0: maybe from Green Mile. Was Green Mile set in Shawshank?
1: Nah, no, that was uh, just some uh okay. in the south. It wasn't Shawshank. Okay. But like, because it was remember, it was much it was much smaller. I feel like
0: there's sort of some interesting uh, thematic uh, reversals going on in regard to how like certain things that were going down in uh, in like Green Mile and how Michael Clark Duncan's character could like suck the cancer out of people and stuff and how. There's a certain Oh yeah, it's the too. exact opposite type of thing. Yeah, it's like the complete opposite. When that happened, I'm like, oh, like that character can can spit the cancer into somebody or something like that. So, which
1: I saw that coming a mile away. That whole oh, thing, right, yeah, but still, right. it's um, like it's interesting how they went about doing it. And like, I'm not. I don't know a ton of the. Uh, he's got to be like the 18th Scars Guard. I don't know a ton of his work. I know he was it.
0: Bill Skarsgård.
1: Yeah, no, but first was, off, I didn't know he was that tall. But I guess they're all giant Viking men, and that's what they look was like. Was
0: he it? I thought it was the the dude from. Uh, I thought it was the Skarsgård brother from Vikings. That was it.
1: No, he was. He's it. He was also oh, right. in. Uh, he was also in Deadpool two. He was uh,
0: the I know reflux he was guys. in uh, Hemlock Grove, the the Netflix show with like the werewolves and stuff. I remember him from there. No,
1: he's it, and he was also reflux from Deadpool two. Okay, so. But, like, I, first off, I didn't know he was that tall. He's a big guy. And I thought he did a really interesting... I think he's doing a really interesting job. And, you know, obviously he doesn't have much to say. But, uh, but so on, far, fact, Did you know
0: his mother's name is My? Like, M-Y. I'm just throwing it out.
1: My there. Scar's just, card? Yeah.
0: Just My. What's her name. I don't know if it's pronounced me or My. But I just, I just found it. Oh, no. Whatever
1: that dad's got in his jeans, he's doing
0: Stone. well. It's ridiculous. I like Stone Scars, right? He's really good. So uh anyway, you haven't asked me what I thought of it. Hey Jeff, what'd you think about it? What do you think of it? Uh okay. I also enjoyed it. Um I I agree with you about the whole weekly thing. I don't know, like why are we doing this? Like it's it's freaking 2018. Do I, why are we doing a week-to-week thing? Like, I appreciate Hulu for you dropping the first three episodes right off the bat, just like this, so we can kind of get a head start. Um episode what a four tease! Is be, what a yeah, tease. Episode four is dropping on August 1st, and episode five on August eighth, etc. is gonna be on Wednesdays but like what why are we doing that like can we stop like like the whole point of the streaming services. one of the reasons people go to things like hulu and netflix and amazon prime and whatnot is because we have the ability to binge like people just kind of prefer i think generally to consume stuff that way like why are we doing this can we stop yeah it's
1: like do it at your own time i don't want to do it when you say it's like this, I don't, I, there's no, there's no longer a time for your show. Anymore. Yeah. There's like, no, longer, there's no more like, uh, uh, they're calling them like water cooler moments where you're talking about like friends right. that week. Like, it's not that it's like, right. Hey, no, did so you so finish cool. the whole seventh season of game of Thrones? You know, right. <laughs> that's right. what's more like,
0: you know? So, uh, I mean, I liked it. I, I do feel, I don't know, like the whole premise, my wife and I were talking about this. Um, and, and she was the first to make the complaint. And I totally agree is that, you kind of got to question the warden and like the new warden and her assistant. So early on, like I said, they switch out wardens. All right. The old warden was Terry O'Quinn who's you know, locked from lost. And now they have uh, a new warden and I can't remember the character's name, uh, but she comes in and she takes over and that's when they discover this unnamed unknown person who's just being held in a cage in this random place in the middle of nowhere inside and like in, in a deep level of the prison. Right she's got complete and total plausible deniability like i just took over i didn't know anything about this uh like isn't that the perfect time to just be like well this is what we found why why open yourself up to the potential of like well let me yeah, so like they and cover kinda, like, up and all this screw stuff. screw him up like screw him around i just like why are you covering this up you weren't involved in this it just it was so like you got i, I had to get past that like that to me was like really annoying that's
1: probably just, the biggest yeah. biggest flaw of the show
0: so frustrating um so like that was probably the the thing that really gave me pause um i did feel like like henry Deaver's comeback back was kind of interesting um i do think that there was some weird things going on in terms of like place i thought some of the transitions early on in the first episode in terms of like location where we're at it's kind of strange I like the way the story is being told uh, in the sense that like, we're seeing it from a variety of angles from multiple characters and we're seeing it from multiple timelines. So it's kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. And over the course of the of the series, I feel like, you know, we're going to get things in place. Um, yeah. It's like, if you watch a, it again, yeah. it's all going to make a lot of sense. We're like going to, yeah. I, I would imagine we get more references. Uh, not really horror based right now. I would say this is more kind of suspenseful and thriller based. So even though it's kind of being billed to some degree as a horror I think that horror, like I said in the summary, is more psychological right now as opposed to, like, actual, like, gory, scary, terror, horror type stuff. Um, so this is this is far uh, – this, uh, this is not really, like – you're not going to get any gore. Like, you don't really have to be afraid of watching it. I think fairly decently young people can watch this without, like, freaking out. At least so far. Who knows what's going to come down the line, obviously, uh, when the proverbial poop hits the fan. Uh, but um, I like the cast. Um, at least I like, I like this. I love, I'm a huge fan of Scott Glenn. Like I think Scott Glenn's amazing. He's basically playing the exact same character he played, uh, in the leftovers, which is like the former sheriff who's a little bit creepy, but also at the same time might be kind of intuitive about the weird underpinnings of good and evil that's happening in his town. So it's like the exact same character, which is nice. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. I like, I want to know more what's going on in like the home life with like Henry, Henry Deaver and his mom, who's, who's not all there. Uh, and how the sheriff kind of plays in. So that's kind of cool. Um, I'm honestly kind of done with Francis Conroy. Like, I watched The Mist, like the television adaptation of The Mist on Spike TV, I think it was originally it came on, and now I think you can get it on Hulu. Uh, and Francis Conroy was in it, and, like, her character in that, in that show has, I think, ruined Francis Conroy, who I still remember and love from, like, Six Feet Under. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm, just, I'm done with her. I'm just, I can't take it anymore. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's the only person who's trying to do a main accent. Like, everybody else is just talking like normal. And she's, like, the only one. Just sort of sort of weird. I'm being, like, a real uh, jerk right now. I don't know why. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Pretty did
1: go I gotta say. Super
0: cranky for, like, no reason whatsoever. Um, but overall, like, it's really entertaining. It's really interesting. If you like, you know, Stephen King stuff, I, it certainly embodies that. Like, it has a lot of that stuff kind of going on. Same basic setting, dealing with a lot of biblical good and evil stuff. Um, so... I mean, it has what it's going for. I think it's a good start. Um, honestly, like, I, a part of me wants to just not, just just wait for all the, the episodes to drop. I don't know if I'm going to make this appointment viewing every week, though. Like, I don't know if I'm like, oh, the new episode's out. Gotta watch it. I I might just wait for them all to drop. And then yeah, I'll
1: probably to- do the same thing where it's like, I'll wait a couple weeks and then I'll do a chunk and then a couple weeks. Yeah, something like that.
0: So it hasn't hooked me like the way like a Game of Thrones or something hooks me, where like okay, I kind of gotta watch it like right now. So, uh, so I don't know if I found it there, but it's good. It's it's good. It's solid. It's it's the best Hulu original I've I've watched so far. I I just
1: hope that this leads to more of this type of content. Like I know that there was that. I know he had a another one not too long ago. That what was the, the James uh, Franco that was show? was the Kennedy one, Yeah, nineteen seventy nine or something like
0: that. Whatever it's called. Or... No, it's no, uh, it's the date Kennedy got shot, which I'm yeah nineteen seventy nine. that's What it was? It was okay. For sure, it's You're, a, you're a smart man. You're For, a smart. I was pretty man. sure that's when Kennedy died. I watched it. That was a mini series, though. Yeah,
1: but like, yeah. I I think I, I really hope because I think, especially with his stuff, I think stuff like this like, your one season or your or your serial television will work really good with him. And you need a network that, like, an HBO or a Netflix or a Hulu... It's Hulu. Yeah. And obviously, he's, he's like, he's invested in Hulu. You need a network like that where it's, like, they can do some weird stuff and not get too over their head, you know? So, like, I really... Part of me just really hopes... For a good Dark Tower series out of this, because I really love Dark Tower. Keep
0: bringing Dark Tower back,
1: because I want it. I want it to happen. Yeah. I wouldn't mind even seeing a a, a, a oh, yeah. good uh series of like a one series shot of the Stand or or whatever. You know, I want to see nah. some stuff like that. Nah. Or nah, like another redo of 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 The Shining and like a. a whoa! Of thing.
0: Calm down. Calm down. I don't know. Stephen Weber, Rebecca De Mornay miniseries from the late '90s is the best version of *The Shining*.
1: I love I mean, Wings.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was Brian from Wings. Stephen Weber, it's a good guy. Guy, I don't think who ages uh, him and Tim Daly, uh, who was the other brother on Wings. I swear to God, they don't they don't age. look at them now; they look exactly what like they did when they were on Wings in the early '90s. It's crazy. Is that yeah, I I, mean?
1: I I just hope that this kind of leads to more stuff. I would recommend it for those who yeah are kind of into this type of stuff. Like if you're into kind of like a weird creep show but not terribly like terrifying, just like what is happening type of thing. Definitely this is like Grow Up Reality. Like if you like that type of stuff, mystery type of stuff, I would suggest it. And I'm but the thing is, like I said, I'm probably gonna wait a couple weeks or a month to watch the next chunk. Or a month to watch the next chunk. You know what I mean? So that's probably what I would end up
0: doing. Yeah, my final thought I would say I I, I also recommend it, but I mean if you're a Stephen King fan, watch it, I think you're gonna get a kick out of it. I think for everybody else, um I think you need to watch it with patience because i don't think these first three episodes um they, they they put a hook in you sure but at the same time i think it's a slow burn type of show i, I don't think it's it's going i think the pace of it it's it's well paced in my, in my opinion but i think it's a modest pace or a moderate pace it's not you know it's not really going too quickly too slowly um but it's not going to give you like crazy jump scares or something like that which is one of the things i really like about it it's like there hasn't been any like silly jump scares or something like that Um, So be patient uh, with I I would say the plot and I would say probably be patient with Hulu and I would suggest waiting for a bunch of episodes to come out and then watch it kind of your own your own pace like how how you want to how to how to consume it Um, I don't necessarily think each episode ends or is is standalone strong enough to warrant a week to week at least they haven't been so far i think taken as a whole all three of them together are good but each individual one itself they kind of blended together and i'm not sure if if this really warrants this type of this type of release but good show interesting promising gonna come back to it but that's castle rock all right justin uh time to uh, time to challenge one another in a gentlemanly way
1: you got it dude
0: and now it's time gentleman's challenge all right the gentleman's challenge is a segment we do here on the old Lolly Gaggers podcast where justin and i like to assign the other some sort of homework assignment for the week uh sometimes it's it's something that all drives crazy sometimes it's something that's kind of enjoyable uh, and then to ensure that we have completed our homework on the next episode we come up here and we ask each other all sorts of questions quiz each other uh try to embarrass one another with their own stupidity etc uh so yeah that's it now i should also warn you that every time we do the gentleman's challenge we are going to spoil the crap at whatever it is that we're talking about so you have been fairly warned uh justin's gonna lead us off this week i think justin what's your homework assignment
1: you had me watch the 2015 classic yes the resort the Um,
0: underrated brilliant masterpiece this movie
1: stinks with a z it stinks Resort. All right, Mm -hmm. so let's talk about this. So basically, you can, in this movie, if you want to, you can purchase a ticket to go to a special resort where you can hunt zombies like it's on a safari. Because there was recently an outbreak, and for a way to kind of like, I guess, I don't know, to kind of like get people get demons out or whatever, they create a resort with a Z where you can go and just, they corral them up and you can kill them. Um, where you have like guides and stuff and they go in uh Jurassic, uh, park style Jeeps and go around the park and you can basically kill all types of zombies. And so when this happens, who would have thought something goes wrong. And,
0: uh, I was certainly surprised. I thought everything was going to go smoothly.
1: Yeah. And then the zombies get kind of loose and things go haywire. Um, basically you have your your normal tropes you have your young douchebags that are there they're like video game championship winners and they won the game so they get to go uh for on the trip for free you yeah, have I've
0: seen that in every zombie movie i've ever watched yeah well you got Definitely, the young uh, douchebag the two young douchebags who just won a video game yeah yeah,
1: yeah. always a video I'm game sure conference. i
0: saw that in the original night of the living dead they were probably in the basement uh when yeah. the little girl was eating her her parents. Yeah.
1: you have these like, uh, I guess like moguls, these like, uh, investor types that are involved The Chinese investors. Yep, yeah.
0: yeah, investors from China. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, you had, uh, an old army veteran and by army, I mean, he was part of the apocalypse and part of the war against the undead. Yeah. And Still his girlfriend, Scott,
0: the original if i recall correctly it wasn't doug ray scott or it was going to be the original uh wolverine uh but they oh they switched god it i'm glad they didn't do that i'm pretty sure that's true dear uh, lord pretty sure he was up for that and then he
1: had so much charisma in this movie
0: what i think you're i think you're overselling it. i don't think this this, this movie is nearly as bad as you me. had his
1: wife who is just the most charming lovable person i've ever seen in a movie ever Definitely never looked sad at the camera the entire movie. Um, okay, so,
0: so just I just wanted to quick out. This is Jeff, uh, stepping in uh, when Mission Impossible 2, which he was uh, the villain in, went over schedule and he was injured in a motorbike accident, he was forced to drop out of the project. Thank you, uh, Project and it was replaced by Hugh Jackman. No, 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 you don't know, you don't know. He could have been even better than Hugh Jackman. And uh, are Hugh you Jackman telling me he would also do a great job the in Les
1: Miserables? No,
0: nah. he, uh, he will i could have had a christian bale doug ray scott the prestige that <laughs> that's great. perfect sounds great
1: uh so you have his insufferable wife who's the main character of the movie who just she's just not likable at all
0: i'm sorry you have generic badass
1: guy wolverine's wife,
0: wife. Well, wolverine does not have a wife in this movie did you watch this, movie? You didn't I watch this it was, movie? I thought it was his wife. This is like Bastion where you actually didn't really do the job. Was this his
1: girlfriend? I thought it was his wife.
0: Uh, he actually was uh, there completely by himself. No, the... the. I'm 100% sure. I thought they went yeah. together. Nope. Doug Ray Scott came all by himself. All by himself. Yep. Which was Doug Ray a Scott? character. You're thinking of Doug Ray Scott. Uh, he was Archer.
1: No, no, no! I wasn't talk about, okay, okay. Who are you talking about. Okay, I was okay. I was talking about the Doug e. Scott. They never tell you who he is. He's just the mm, residential Doug. badass. Yeah. The right. the one I was talking about was the the husband to the wife. He was in the war. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. I was talking about.
0: Well, they were both in the war. And everyone was kind of in the
1: war. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, continue. Mm-hmm. So, uh, basically, uh, another woman that shows up was trying to get information for uh zombie rights activists because that definitely makes sense. Um, so she wants to try and uh, steal information from the compound and in doing so she implants mm-hmm. a virus on accident letting all the zombies out and they get out and terrorize the park and at the end right. uh, so like an hour and a half later uh, everybody dies and then the girl gets out and they blow up the because of the protocol that goes on because things went uh poorly they have a protocol called brimstone like hellfire and brimstone where uh, when that code Red comes out, code Brimstone comes out in five hours because five hours sounds like a perfect amount of time. In five hours, the park's going to explode and send out drones to blow it up. And so it's a race against the clock to get off the island. And she's the only one that does. It. But then at the end, uh, Wolverine made it out too. Yeah, yes, original Wolverine. But it's just it's just kind of it was. It's everything I don't like about zombie movies. Like it's, it's a
0: completely different take on it. What are you talking about? This is not really a different take. Yes, it is. This is this is okay. This is post zombie apocalypse. Okay, we're getting a post zombie zombie apocalypse. We've already handled it. We've already taken care of it. Okay, then we created an actual theme park that's like around the concept of coming out here and killing zombies. I've never seen a movie that does this. This is a completely original premise it's completely just
1: over. but like it's a thing of like they get out and everyone dies like it's Would a, okay okay boring Justin, what the hell else is supposed to happen i want a, a deep drama where the zombies involved. don't
0: get out the zombies just stay yeah. in their cage the whole time yeah deep play like, like psychological drama like oh oh i think i'm gonna go ahead that's and go what i'm looking for clubs over here but uh, it's just like the three of hearts it's wonderful Oh, it's, ju- it's just like put that ace up there that sounds exciting
1: it's just it was just boring. Like there was nothing that was mm-hmm. there. I will say there were a couple of shots in the movie that were pretty good. Like there was that one shot where the boats going into the water out to the island. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's a pretty cool shot. Where it's just all placid ocean, and you see the one boat coming out. I was like that's a pretty cool looking shot. And there's a there. I think it was filmed very well. I thought some of the stuff like some of the stuff was really green screeny, like you could tell. But sure. most of it I thought was shot really really well um mm-hmm. i don't know what this was produced through i don't know if it was like a sci-fi movie or a netflix original i don't know but i thought that the production uh, lwh actually...
0: entertainment um, uh... distributed by ascot elite entertainment group in association with alpha pictures and axonite digi cinema oh alpha pictures you should have said that yeah i, kn- I know them yeah. Alpha with an F, not a P. Yeah, yeah.
1: Alpha pic- that's what I was saying. Alpha yeah. pictures. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> really emphasized. Yeah, that. yeah. Uh but like I thought it was shot well. Um I thought the lighting was good and I thought the set pieces were good. Um the zombies looked fine. I always have a problem with running zombies. I don't know. I just these mm. these zombies were like your typical normal zombies like train to busan i thought was so cool i thought Mm -hmm. that the way they did those there was nothing that was really interesting with these are just your normal ah, zombies you know
0: other than a goof at the end these were all uh just regular zombies yeah um because they were heating them like they were literally using heat to slow them down like they were i don't know it was just like the technology that they were yeah but at the end you can see in like one of the one of the tv broadcasts you can see them running along which wouldn't have made sense compared to what was going down yeah
1: and it was like it was interesting where it was like obviously uh, the way they keep on supplying this place is they kill people they kill refugees and bring them into the compound and then they make them Mm -hmm. zombies it's kind of like the resupply stuff which is whatever it's kind of like really tacked on at the end like uh, oh this place is evil like it was already evil before you did this um what I I, I couldn't tell. There? Like, okay, so here's just some of the stuff that I had problems with. So I wrote down some stuff. Uh, first, I wrote stinks. That's the first thing I wrote. Uh, it's everything I hate about zombie films, um,
0: which is uh, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Cause it's I like, don't know if it, if, they fast fast if they were fast
1: zombies or slow zombies. I couldn't get it because like they were
0: so- slow the whole time. They but they're
1: sprinting.
0: They were lumbering. Because uh, then like there's
1: sometimes like they're being overwhelmed, and but the then other new times
0: zombies that they were creating as part of their system they were using a heating mechanism uh, and they were using that because it was supposed to keep them from running so they were intentionally trying to create slow zombies
1: but like there was times where like I couldn't understand like the level of lethality of zombies because sometimes one zombie was overwhelming but then sometimes she can run through the entire facility shambling through 12 of them and nothing happens so I'm like It just
0: depends, you know, how elusive you are. You know, a, I think it's how like how much you wave your arms around and agility. I think that's really it's more her It was
1: more like her just pushing them over as she ran by. Um Let's see here, what was the next thing? Uh, safety measures at the park are very minimal. Very minimal safety True. measures. True. It's the same problem I had with Jurassic World, like they had one cage for the most deadliest predator ever created by right. ever thing world, right? And also they had, the
0: whole they created a brand new dinosaur yeah yeah i, I still
1: so like still yeah. like the i i don't understand these places where they have just uh safety measure a and not a through f you know let sure. alone a through z it's like sure. oh they knocked out the power grid well we're all dead you know <laughs> it's basically it like what happens if someone if there's like some type of like a lightning storm you're screwed you know like how is there not multiple tiers of security? I don't get that, and that kind of annoyed me too. What uh, else is here? The husband sucks. Uh, he ditches yeah, her in a second. Yeah. It's just.
0: I uh, I understood that. I've had these conversations with my wife. We've talked about this. Uh, <laughs> <because> see Yes. <ya. laughs> my wife doesn't uh, not a very fast runner. You know, she's not very fast. Uh, and so we've talked about this, and I said, "Listen, it's nothing personal." But uh, when the zombie apocalypse comes, it's everyone for themselves at that point. You know, it's, it, it really is. It's just uh, she's dead weight. At but that like, point. The,
1: like the lead actress pounds. was like 115 pounds soaking wet. He could have one armed her up if she jumped up to his arms. Like it's like minimal he effort. He,
0: he wasn't a very big dude. He's pretty small he boy. was
1: shorter than her, which I thought was funny. Um, wow. Let's see here. The husband sucks. You. The lead actress is just so frowny faced the whole time. Um, uh,
0: she was the Huntress, by the way, in, uh, in Arrow. I
1: thought I recognized her from something. Yeah, I know. But man, I, she I, was just. When I
0: first watched this, I was like, "Is that the Huntress from Arrow?" And I said it kind of as a joke, and I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh, I was right." That's the Huntress from Arrow.
1: Uh, uh, she's just so depressing. Um, I mean,
0: she is there because she's got this like PTSD, this sort of stuff with her dad, because her dad left, left her like... They the go into that for
1: three seconds. Him. Yeah. Every character has zero that? has zero backstory. Everybody has like maybe three seconds of backstory, and that's it. Uh, yeah. I don't even know what thing. Archer was about. I have no idea what he no. what he did. He just was really great with a sniper rifle.
0: It is really really good sniper rifle.
1: Shit um. Guy. So like, and it was in this weird weird thing where it's like it's not funny, it's not campy. That's
0: true. It's it's
1: serious, but yeah. for it being serious, it sucks for serious so agree like with
0: the turn problem totally
1: if you're gonna go with this type of idea your resort that has zombies if you're gonna do that let's poke some fun at the camera let's but this was zero funny zero zero humor at all or, or at least aware of itself it went a 100 percent serious and so for that because it went in that tone i was like this movie stinks like train for train to busan 100 percent serious there is no joke in there there's a little bit like the jokes about him being a jerk and everything but like they made it clear from beginning to end it is serious and to take it seriously and there's an emotional like backstory and
0: like yeah we got like tons of backstory of all the characters in the train
1: of of at least the main character you did
0: 20 minutes worth i don't even know what
1: happened to this woman that made her so sad
0: did we get a ton did we get a ton
1: they made it very clear he's a crappy dad
0: but no, like no, no, for sure they made it very clear that she was uh, an only child who uh, had to suffer through this horrible death of her father who uh,
1: in three minutes him. of exposition
0: probably I the just, same amount no that uh, i
1: don't
0: think so
1: the whole 15 the minutes story, of, of training of was say. exposition i
0: gotta say i don't think there was a time anyways thing.
1: movie stinks that's my review um, don't watch it you i'm just to give you
0: nothing but zombie movies from now on I please I'm stop wondering. please yeah. now please stop matter because i just like to underscore your hypocrisy oh god Uh, let's go to the quiz you ready you ready for this yeah whatever all right what is my my favorite my favorite other questions what does every apocalypse deserve
1: what does every apocalypse deserve
0: Mm -hmm. what does every apocalypse deserve
1: to go to hell
0: an after party
1: Oh, I remember.
0: That. Yeah, that <laughs> That's is. such a dumb line. Every apocalypse <laughs> deserves an after party. Oh, it's so good. It's like the best line of all whole movie. I forgot <laughs> that. Okay. All right. So, uh, what song was playing when the Chinese investors oh, no. were shooting up this small town Oh,
1: no. I knew this was going to happen. Party. I knew this was going to happen. What was the song? I heard that song. I'm like, Very recognizable. I legitimately remember thinking, did, is is Jeff going to talk about this song? Yeah, I wonder if he is. I, I knew it.
0: Yeah. <sighs> I'm assuming you don't know the answer then. Is it Doobie Brothers? It is no, it's not Doobie Brothers. It was Keep Your Hands to Yourself by the Georgia Satellites. Oh god, Very man. Good.
1: I just I knew that was going to come up. I knew it. I didn't get up. Up
0: the exact name. We just I mean, but it was definitely not the Doobie Brothers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I when I heard that song, I'm like, I bet you Jeff's going to mention this song.
0: Yeah. Okay, oh, so man. another question. You got um you got half of this right uh i said because uh, like what are they what's the name of the refugee camp and what's the resort been doing with them you already got the second part of that but what's the name of the refugee camp
1: it was like for something for life like Uh-oh. you're close something i'm gonna you
0: half credit it's hope for hope, you
1: hope hope for you my bad i knew the there's a four in four,
0: there and it's a capital e- yeah card. i knew it was a number four y- in there not not why are you i got a half credit for that one that was... i did I, I gave you half credit totally you got the i knew the number
1: four was in there because I, was, I, was, I remember seeing the. i remember the the tents they were like all white and they had a big number four sure. on
0: how many zombies uh did melanie kill who's melanie uh the main character of the the whole thing
1: i didn't even know her name that's how yeah she killed zero great. zombies
0: that is correct. She didn't kill any zombies. Yeah. She went there with the intention of killing zombies to overcome everything, and she ended up killing uh, absolutely zero.
1: I don't think she... She shot, I think, a total of five bullets or something like that. Yeah, and that was just yeah, at a... She not kill
0: any. A piece of paper. Final question. What kind of shirt was Alfie wearing? What kind of shirt was Alfie wearing?
1: Alfie was the one with the glasses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Justin's quickly Googling. I'm I'm thinking. A screenshot. A
1: look. Let me think about where oh, he was. Oh, look at <laughs> that! I hear it. I hear it. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't remember. It's like a black shirt, but I forget what was on it though. It was like uh, lots of colors. It's like an colors. anime shirt. It's like indie yeah. pop stuff. That's yeah, I, I, I just remember it's kind of like colorful and like black All and right.
0: colorful. All right, so you get one point five out of five.
1: And that's <laughs> a lot. Really, <laughs> it's <laughs> that's higher than average. You know? Yeah, this
0: movie's not very good. Uh, I thought the Stinks. premise. I thought the premise was interesting, like it was Jurassic Park but with zombies. But yeah, I just, I totally agree with you about the tone. Like, it was, it took itself really, really seriously, with the exception of the those two video game guys. But those two video games were not funny. Like, they were just, they not were funny. terrible. Like, they could have been funny, like comic relief, but they just.
1: And I think they're sixteen. If maybe there's sixteen-year-olds part of a little league team. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> they're easily like twenty-five, twenty-six years old. Like they're, they're not they're like, sixteen.
0: They're like Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero. It's like getting Gabriel Cartieres, who was like 30-something at the time, to play a 16-year-old. Yeah, that was not 16. Gavin, so, yeah,
1: movie stinks. It. Don't watch it. It's bad.
0: All right. All right, my turn. Uh, Justin assigned me uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, I sat down and I watched this, uh, and I don't remember anything about it. The end. What you quit? What? I don't remember anything about it. I watched the whole thing. It's the, the a the Kai
1: TT movie.
0: I sat there for 90 minutes. I uh, watched every single scene, watched the credits, watched everything all the way through the end. I don't remember- I love more. this it's movie. Really, I thought it was it's great. It's really confusing. It's really confusing. I thought it was great. I, I saw the time change on the clock. Uh, <laughs> I my thought my movie was the great, problem. you're a jerk. Not, neither of us remember anything about it. It's really confusing. What? Okay, so what Justin's not getting, is that at the end of the movie after the credits there is a post credit scene in which deacon who's one of the vampires comes onto the screen and hypnotizes the viewer and oh i didn't i didn't say like that's like a post post credit I, I was going full on no that is the only post credit scene the other one is this like pre like during credit scenes i went full post credit scene and i really committed oh that's my justin problem i didn't, I didn't go post credit justin Okay, so as Justin already said, this is a movie. It's directed by Taika Waititi, who everyone probably knows best because he directed Thor Ragnarok uh, last year. That's kind of this big one. But it also has Jemaine Clement, uh, who is from Flight of the, uh, the Conchords. Uh, most recently, has been in Legion on FX uh, as well. Uh, so I love love Flight of the Conchords. Um, so this came out in 2014. It's basically a mockumentary type movie. So if you've seen This Is Spinal Tap or even just like The Office, uh, you you kind of get it. Like you kind of get the, the premise or the structure to it. Uh, now, the whole show rolls around this small group of uh, vampires that are living in Wellington, New Zealand. Uh, and the purpose of this particular documentary is to track these vampires during the ramp up to a masquerade ball that's happening uh, in uh, J- uh, June, later that year. Uh, it's put on by the various undead societies of New Zealand, and it's known as the Unholy Masquerade, right? So it's a, kind of the ramp up to it. So it's several months prior uh, to that, like where we start and kind of jump around a few bits and pieces here. Uh, so the Masquerade Ball is basically a costume party for zombies and witches and vampires. So this documentary crew is following these guys for months and months prior to the ball, and the vampires are all flatmates in a very crappy house. So there's Viago, who's a 379-year-old dandy who is actually played by Watiti uh and he is a bit fastidious uh kind of ocd uh, wants people to put down newspapers and stuff like that before they go in uh, uh and feed on the people that they bring back to the that's house. one of my
1: favorite scenes when he's like <laughs> when he's talking to her and he's like yeah. so anyway how was your day <laughs> he and he's amazed. slowly he putting <laughs> down it's so good <laughs> so, oh man
0: uh vladislav is played by clement uh he is 862 years old and he used to be kind of a tyrant uh, and he also used to be really good at hypnosis uh, and he also likes to torture people or he used to like to torture treat people but he doesn't really do that he's been cutting down on it
1: he says he was really in a dark place when he was he torturing was people.
0: <laughs> yeah uh he's not quite been himself since so his encounters with quote the beast uh who's his nemesis uh, we learned later on it's his ex-girlfriend uh which is really funny Ah, uh, Deacon is another one. He's played by Jonathan Brew, uh, who he's 183, and he's like the young, like hip rebel uh, of the group. And he likes to knit. He has like erotic dances uh, for the rest of them. It's really, really weird. Uh, and he becomes a kind of territorial when they add a new vampire to the mix uh, named Nick. Uh, and then the other flatmate is Peter, who is 8,000 years old, years old, and is basically an Osferatu, And he lives in like this like concrete coffin in the in sort of the basement. Uh, so yeah, there's not really a big old plot to this. It's more of like kind of a day in the life, uh, kind of show or, or movie, uh, which just tracks the vampires as they go out and enjoy like the Wellington nightlife. Uh, I love the fact that they can't get into the good clubs because no one invites them in. lures.
1: Cause first and off they're they losers. Like no, but
0: they, they dress, they dress like it's still the year in which they were born. Right? Yeah. They, <laughs> so
1: funny. Like, yeah, we're getting all those exclusive nightclubs and like, everyone's like, they call them a bunch of wankers. They think they're all gay. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like, no, oh, this oh, is so God, funny. So funny.
0: Um, and then they also have a couple encounters with the Reese Darby-led pack of werewolves, and I love Reese Darby. Oh, it's Reese
1: Darby. So- I am so such good. a huge fan of Reese Darby.
0: Have you watched Wrecked on TBS? No, no, I haven't. He's one of the stars of Wrecked, which is basically... Reese Darby Lons. is
1: so it's great. Oh, so funny. And I like how um, they, they made him kind of like seven. a dick in this one. They made him it's a real a dick. real dick.
0: It's not a dick? What are you talking about? It's,
1: uh, it's i, I it's on him on fly the, he's the best part there. of fly the concords he's he the best part
0: dick he was a good he was a good guy he was trying to keep the peace he was making sure all the werewolves were taken care of guys he's remember the alpha
1: you want to make sure you got the your, your tail raised so that Wrong. when you get bigger your legs can fit inside
0: <laughs> this is where we offend every we had like three of the listeners in Australia so i mean that's oh yeah possible. that's close it's close it's close um there's uh okay so there's also like 70 other vampires in the Wellington area so they sometimes mix uh, with them deacon has got a familiar um kind of assistant uh who he keeps promising to turn but never does uh, eventually <laughs> she gets turned terrible they they, uh, they eventually add nick uh who causes a bunch of trouble because he constantly tells everybody he's a vampire including this one dude and he's in a bar and he's like hey i'm a vampire and the guy was like i'm a vampire hunter and he's like ah yeah i'll I'll skype you uh and they walk away but then the vampire gets to the, the house and actually uh kills peter it's really kills sad. pete uh, poor pete he also there's also Stu, which is uh, Nick's best friend. And everyone really likes Stu way better than Nick. Uh, Stu's just a human. He's a really nice guy. Stu's great. Yeah. So eventually they get to the ball. They see the beast. Uh, there's an encounter there where Stu kills like one of the vampires. It's hilarious. Uh, and then they have in werewolves at the end. And it's it's good times. Uh, so there's other little bits and pieces I actually learned from this. Uh, so there is a sequel currently being developed. Uh, I think it's about the werewolves, werewolves. right? Yeah, yeah. it's about werewolves. Oh. And then um Oh like we're, also, we're wolves Yeah, like, like we are wolves. wolves, like werewolves. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that's hilarious. That's just so funny. As an English as an English professor, I enjoy it. I enjoy that little play on words. Uh so there's also a procedural TV show called Wellington Paranormal that is or slash was being developed by Watiti and Clement that follows the cops from the movie. So there's like this paracop. Oh, cops
1: those cops are great. Like,
0: so they're doing a half an hour comedy show procedural with the two of them. It's airing on TV NZ, So I hope that eventually comes to like a Netflix or something. It's so great line. when
1: they're like, wait a minute, what's yeah. this? Okay, You got, you got uh, no, uh, you've got, no fire alarms. You've got like, oh snow? yeah. <laughs> yes. and,
0: uh, look, look at this paint here. This paint. Is right it's like a
1: dead body on the ground. It's like, right underneath the, the you joint. don't want to be here. That's, uh, that's up. He's drunk. <laughs> he's your friend. Don't want to leave him down there. Right. <laughs> they're yeah. so great.
0: He might be having a party down here, but later he's not going to be doing well at all. Uh so yeah, so anyway, there's a half an hour TV show. I hope that comes to air because I would totally watch that. That sounds fantastic. Uh overall, what do I think of it? Fantastic. It was awesome. Absolutely loved it. It was hilarious. Uh I was a huge Flight of the Concord fans when I was on. My wife and I gone to see C- Flight of the Concords in concert when they came out here several years back. So it has that kind of same sort of humor. Um, I-, I can't say anything bad about it. It was, it was, it was it was just fantastic. Uh, it was really, really good. Like I I can't. It's been on my
1: list for a while to watch. Yeah, um, it's the only on thing that end, disappoints me is that Brit's not in it. Brit, he's not in the mm. movie, even though he might yeah. be Pete. I don't know. I don't know who was Pete, but uh I thought.
0: Oh yeah, the the fish like the weird kind of like fish yeah. looking at the or fish looking vampire at the end. So weird.
1: I I think it's just really interesting how they make these guys that are just terrible.
0: Yeah,
1: just douches, and like you just you think they're great. The the uh, one that uh, Jermaine plays is so fantastic. And I like how he's just, like, he's like, he used to be really good at transforming, but he's gotten really bad at it lately. He's, ever since the Beast, he hasn't he been himself. His face
0: is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's a cat, but it's still his he's face. he got
0: his own face and nicks right around.
1: And I also oh, love, man. I also love uh, Viago when he, when he kills, he kills two people. and feeds on two people and both those people just. He hits the main. He, he just goes terribly. He's like, oh, oh, shit. And <laughs> just going everywhere. And he's like, it's like, oh. Uh, I just love the little setup where he's like, "I'm gonna put these towels down here and put these papers down here." Anyways, how's your day going? And then he just <laughs> kills it. it. was just so great. I yeah, thought it was fantastic.
0: Absolutely hilarious. Uh, the whole, the whole damn thing was good. Like I can't complain at all about it whatsoever. It was like, yeah, it was such a good. I watched it late last night. And I was like, oh, I'll watch maybe the first half an hour and then I just watched the whole thing. So. But it yeah, definitely
1: went by I, faster than Resort. I'll tell you that.
0: Uh, I mean, if we're comparing the two, um, I think that you know the Resort I think did a little bit better with its zombies than what we do in the Shadows. Uh, uh, I was
1: so funny that zombies like so. Uh, are you uh, pre deceased? <laughs> it's like
0: <laughs> it's so good.
1: All right, so you ready for your questions?
0: Then let's do it. Yeah, I, I mean, my review is really is really this. Just go watch it. It's it's. One of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time. I absolutely enjoyed it. It was so good. I'm glad I watched it. Glad you gave me some some reason to go back to it. Because I had totally forgotten that I put this on my list uh, uh, on my my Amazon Prime stuff. uh, Amazon Video, excuse me. Uh, So, yeah. Really good. So, what do you got for me?
1: First one you actually already got is how old was the youngest vampire deacon? Yeah. And he was 183 years old. So, you get that one.
0: Well, technically Nick and then later Janice. He, uh,
1: yeah, but like when they introduce him, yeah, they're yeah, like, oh, she, he's a young yeah. one.
0: He's 183. Yeah, yeah Nick's oh, only a couple months old. He's It's crazy. Yeah.
1: So there's that one. Next one is, they're werewolves, but not what? Swear-wol- wolves. They're <laughs> werewolves, so not swearwolves. What are we, boys? Swearwolves? We're <laughs> werewolves, not swearwolves.
0: Why do you swear so much? Just why? Why do you do it?
1: <laughs> it's, so funny. it's just getting so absurd. I understand we're gonna talk like that.
0: Go stay. Just, <laughs> so, just gonna chain yourself to do a tree.
1: Make sure you guys got terrors. No, no. That's no, one. No. That's one of my favorite lines of the movie. Y- your a, legs get cool. bigger when you switch. So make sure you got your terror pencil. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't, any clothes you don't like, take off right now.
0: Take them off. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, that's All right. so funny. Okay.
1: Why do vampires prefer virgin blood?
0: uh because it's cool
1: <laughs> it's that was cool. one of them that's not the best so what's the other reason that one of them is because it sounds cool what's the other reason uh
0: that's the one i thought was the coolest uh I don't my know favorite one
1: is probably reason. my favorite line from the movie which is so i'll give it to you because that is that's what deacon says
0: that that's what they said yeah that's what
1: deacon says uh uh it's not vladimir what's what's Jer- jermaine's character for his name
0: uh there's viagu you're talking about viago no 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 uh, okay
1: so, Vagaslav says, I like to put it this way. If you're going to eat a tuna oh, yeah, sandwich, yeah, 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 you'd yeah. much rather have a tuna sandwich that someone didn't have sex with.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's one <laughs> of so my true. favorite lines from yeah, the that's movie. That's a pretty funny line, too. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. All else? right, so I'll,
1: I'll give it to you, because, you know, that was... because didn't say that's fine." I that's did good.
0: technically give you why they eat, why they eat for, for, for virgins. So On what, what
1: date that. does the masquerade take place?
0: 666. Six, six that's true yep on june go.
1: 6 2006
0: yep june june 6 2006 at, <laughs> he's like at 6 p.m yes yeah, I, I don't think it was 2006 i right,
1: p.m but i like how he's like june 6 at 6 p.m ah uh, 6, six six six. i like what they did there
0: yeah <laughs> so funny. it's it's I, the year isn't 2006 the year is like whatever the year is yeah, 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 yeah. Something. but it was like 6 p.m is when it starts so that's why it's 6, all 6,
1: right 6. last question who's the best character of
0: the movie um I mean, I'm partial to, like, if you're talking about just pure vampires, uh like, yeah, I mean, there's, like, there's Vladislav's is great, but I mean, clearly it's Stu. Uh, I, I say, I you're you're like five Stu. for five, Jeff. You're five for five. Obviously, <laughs> it's Stu. It. Stu's yeah. the best character in the movie. I know. I know you wanted me to say, <laughs> you wanted me to say Vladislav, but I knew. No,
1: that Stu's it. the best. Like, he I really him. Just Stu's like just normal. And he's like, we really he's like Stu more engineer. than Nick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like well, I know, we made Nick a vampire, but Stu's way cooler than him. <laughs> like yeah. teaches him karate, and, <laughs> so good, and karate. teaches him about the this internet. So dumb. Yeah. That's so funny. You we went five for five, Jeff. That's pretty good. Yeah, this is I pretty average. You get I really high score. It. I get really low score. You know, it's pretty yeah. usually the way it goes.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. That's true. That's good. It was, uh, a good movie. Thank you, uh, thank you for for for, uh, for signing. Very good. Stu's the best. All right, you ready for new challenges? I guess so. Okay. So uh, I'm gonna take uh, the advice of our friend Maddie, uh, and I'm gonna assign you what she said. Uh, and she she see well, technically she said she wants you to watch the first four episodes of the show, but we normally do two. So uh, watch four if you can, but if you can't, just do two. Uh, so it's the it's the 100. Have you ever watched that before? I
1: have not. I've had my even my head coach said I need to watch it. He said like watch the it's first the two seasons. Moments. He it's says he liked solid. he liked it's the it, first couple seasons. Yeah. But it kind of fell off. He says. I totally agree with him. Yeah, so... I watched
0: the first two seasons, and it kind of fell off the rails for me. Um, I've thought about getting back into it, but I don't know. It just every time I see like clips from it or something like that, I'm just like ah and. Too much. But yeah, it was it, it was a pleasant surprise when I first started watching. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. Like you have to get through a lot of like the CW tropes in the very beginning. Uh, you know, but it's actually a pretty interesting show, especially the first season to two seasons. So watch the first two episodes, four if you can, because that's what Maddie would like. Uh, but you're required by me to do two. So all right, what do you got for me?
1: All right, sounds good. Uh you're gonna watch the Netflix show Kiss Me First, which looks like uh ready player one, but worse. So Yeah,
0: I've se- I've seen it. Yeah, it looks terrible.
1: So, Looks you enjoy that. That's what you get for that last zombie movie. The All
0: resort. Right. Look, just because you don't like it doesn't mean that it didn't earn a 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Okay. That is almost <laughs> <passing>. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Right. almost passing. Is this out of 15? This is out of 10. 5.7 out of 10. It's way better than you're making it out to be. Like, it's not good by any stretch. I'm not trying to say it is. But like you make it sound like it's one of the worst movies ever we i'm excuse me 5.3 out of 10. uh but uh it's 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 not that bad it's bad but it's not that bad like yeah yeah it's definitely uh, not, not.
1: so i'm bad. thinking the same about kiss me first so there you go yeah. that's yours
0: okay yeah all right that's fine that's fine so uh on that note let's get the hell out of here we've been talking for way too long uh you can find us on the old interwebs at lollygaggerco.com and you can also uh follow along on the old twitter at lollygaggerco l-o-l-l-y-g-a-g-g-e-r-c-o uh justin's also doing some streaming from time to time a little warcraft little little rainbow six siege little magic the gathering arena uh justin what's your your twitch uh twitch site
1: there's twitch.tv slash jehoofa also been doing some um some overwatch lately because nice. maddie's been playing stuff and they got this new character hammond which is a hamster and a ball It's nice. fantastic yeah so um, there, cool, 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 cool. uh hitting Can up there anytime and i'll be uh playing video games so yeah
0: cool uh we're gonna go ahead and move over to the thank it's just I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say you you should uh you should go ahead and and, and just lead off our thank yous just just go ahead and do both yours because i got a really long one and so i don't want to i don't want to throw you off so i want you to get your thank yous in before i, 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 I grandstand a little bit so uh just want you to start us off with the the thank yous. Oh
1: yeah. First I want to thank Wendy's because I haven't had you in about 3 months because I've been on this health uh, kick re- recently. Had you yesterday on my way uh, up to my, or down to Miami and it re- resulted in what I can only describe as one of the most explosive responses I've had in a long time. You're disgusting. Um, so you're, you're not a professional. Thank you so much Wendy's for cleaning me out.
0: Up second Nah that's it. Okay, I got a big one. So settle in. I want to send a massive and belated thank you to the entire land of New Zealand. A country who has pr- produced Jermaine Clement, taika Watiti, Peter Jackson, the, the smart ass kid from Deadpool 2. It was the location of the filming of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, And along with Australia and and our friend Cam, cemented the word heaps as a regular fixture in my vocabulary. Uh, Also likes to use the word tramping instead of actually saying hiking. And and it produced one of my favorite comedy horrors of all time, uh, a movie called Black Sheep, where genetically engineered sheep become bloodthirsty and terrorize the countryside. So anyway, to New Zealand, uh, thanks. Or as the Kiwis say it, choice or ta.